The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life, Each of us needs to awaken to explore in depth who we really are. Welcome to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Today, we'll learn what our past lives can tell us about our present life and understand how our beliefs create our reality. Now, here is Dr. Joe Mancini. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dr. Joe Mancini, your host for Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist and spiritual counselor in private practice in Maryland. And now for those who are new listeners, I want to speak briefly, as I usually do, about the overall focus of the show. In various ways on this show, in every episode, we will examine how to access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life. And to accomplish that goal, each of us needs to awaken, to explore in depth who each of us really is to recognize oneself as a compassionate, multidimensional being made of God stuff, and to accept responsibility for being the co-creator with all that is of every bit of one's reality. This series of 13 episodes that began on August 13th focuses on what past lives can tell us about who we really are. My guests and I will examine several related topics, such as the true nature of past lives, soul mission and karma, the multidimensional soul, how to change past lives, soul contracts, and other such topics, including reincarnating soul groups and intact group past life regression, with the latter two being our topics for today. A further aid to all this, all this exploration are the concepts about past lives and other metaphysical matters that were voiced by Seth that energy, personality, essence channeled by Jane Roberts from 1963 to her passing over in 1984. Rich Kendall, one of the so-called New York boys who attended Jane's ESP classes in the early 70s, shared with us at the beginning of the series some of Seth's ideas about past lives. You can access that show and others by going to the episode directory on my Voice America homepage. For those of you who heard my last episode, I want to tell you that Jane's flowers lasted 13 days before any wilting occurred. And I now think that my adding water for the first time on day 12 actually caused the flowers to start to decline. Adding water was a result of my limiting belief that the flowers needed a boost for me to survive. But just the opposite happened, which is another message, I believe, from Jane. For those of you who do not know what I'm referring to, listen to the beginning of Episode 6 found on the episode directory on my Voice America homepage or go to my personal blog at explorationsinspirit.com and find the post entitled The Profound Influence of a Simple Table. And now finally to the topics for today. Seth often remarked that groups of individuals, which he calls soul groups, tend to reincarnate together. 
We're going to hear today about one such soul group and how that group was healed from trauma from one of their mutual incarnations. Part of the healing came from a form of regression that I call intact group, past life regression. Few people have heard of it and few people have had an opportunity to facilitate it. In fact, the only facilitators of this modality that I know Uh, that I know about are myself and my guests today. Let me define what I mean by intact group past life regression. In a regular group past life regression, the individuals may or may not know each other in this life and have no known connection with each other in a past life. Moreover, during the process, each participant goes to his or her own past life, though the theme for each past life may be the same. For instance, I might ask such individual to go to a past life in which they had a talent that might be useful to access for the present lifetime. In contrast, while individuals in an intact group past life regression may have known each other or have come to know each other before the regression, they also know or have some awareness that they shared a common past life. They were an intact group in that past life. They knew each other in varying degrees in the common past life. My own experience with this modality came about some years ago when my psychic mentor told me that the original 17 members of her first cohort cohort in her school for the intuitive arts had received guidance that they shared a life during the Essene period, particularly around the time of Christ. The Essenes were a sect of Second Temple Judaism that flourished from the 2nd century BCE to the 1st century CE, and they had mystical, messianic, and ascetic beliefs. They were allegedly associated with Joseph of Arimathea and Christ himself. Those present individuals who felt that they had been Essenes wanted me to take them all at the same time to that lifetime. That was a challenge, to say the least. I had little idea of what to do. But I had learned how to take a couple back to the same past life and thought I would attempt to expand that process. In addition, I read some info about the Essenes and found that they were fond of the triangle. So when I did the regression, I had the participants lie on the floor with their heads pointed in such a way that the ensemble resembled a triangle. Then I had them visualize bonding themselves chakra to chakra from the heart chakra on up. Next, I did some grounding with their lower chakras. Part of the induction was going down a stairway, so I had them visualize holding hands and descending together. I did two regressions that day, one to when they were children of various ages and the other to the most significant event in that lifetime. In neither regression did I talk directly to any one of them, but simply led them through several scenes. When they came out of the first regression, they were blown away, and so was I, but what they had experienced. Several told of being secret couriers for some of the elders in this rather secret society. And this was something I did not know about from my research. 
Many participants recognized each other as certain individuals in the common past life. When the participants went back to the most significant event in that lifetime, many, just about all of them, referenced the crucifixion of Christ. Some were near the cross, some were along the route Christ took carrying his cross, one was near the woman who wiped Christ's face, another had just died and was waiting for Christ's spirit to rise. And still others, a couple of them, had only a dim awareness of what was happening because they were far away physically from Golgotha. As all of them told about their experiences in that lifetime, everyone in this incarnation was awed, profoundly moved, and frankly, they were beaming. My only regret is that we did not have more time and that I did not talk with any of them while they were in trance. Yet, I have to say, it was one of the most rewarding and spectacular experiences I have had in my years as a hypnotherapist. Well, that's my account of what I did with this modality. A few years later, I met my esteemed guest for today, Dr. Janet Cunningham, an internationally known and board-certified specialist and trainer in regression therapy. She's also a seminar leader and spiritual counselor and owner of Breakthroughs to the Unconscious, a private practice in Edgewood, Maryland. Dr. Cunningham is the author of 12 books and audio CDs, including A Tribe Returned. This book, A Tribe Returned, is the astonishing story of herself and 25 other people who have memories of being together in a Native American tribe. Janet has been told that she's the reincarnation of the daughter of Civil, I'm sorry, of Silver Eagle, who is chief of that tribe. And I believe that tribe was Aglaga, I can't even say it, I'll have her say it. Today, Janet is going to talk about how she wittingly and unwittingly gathered together members of that past tribe who had suffered a horrific massacre at the hands of U.S. soldiers and how she brought healing to them with the use of intact past life regression and also individual past life regression. Janet, welcome and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Joe. You're introduction and uh, explanation about group reincarnations is very uh, a very good introduction, and I was especially interested in your experience, which I had not heard up until this point. Yeah, we can, it, at some time uh, during the process here, we might talk about some more of that, but right now I want the focus to be on you, and what I'd like first to know is how did this adventure first come about? Yes. My husband had a, uh, an opportunity, or I would say an a, um, inclination, to give me a gift before our anniversary. It was our 25th anniversary. And I must say that this was highly unusual on his part. He is not a person inclined to give gifts, and he is not a person to do things ahead of time. Ahead of that gift being received, he just couldn't keep the secret. (laughs) And he told me that he had um, contacted a friend, an elderly woman, and asked her to paint an Indian as a gift to me. 
I cannot explain how unusual this was of an experience for him to do. Um, I should tell you that we were, I had a group of women who were meeting on a regular basis in my house, and there were seven women, including, plus myself. And so from time to time, we might have had some uh, mention of Native American, and perhaps that's why uh, Scott was prompted to do this. So I was excited about the idea of this painting arriving. And whenever he asked Mrs. D, as we call her, um, to paint this painting, he first she first responded with, but Scott, I don't paint portraits. I don't do this. I paint right. landscapes. And he said, and he used these words exactly, just paint it from your mind's eye. Mm. Again, a very unusual statement for my husband to make. So I was very excited to receive it. And when the painting arrived, it came, it came in a very large box, and I happened to be the only one at home. So I took it into the dining room and I put it on the table and as I opened the box I had this before I opened the box I had this incredible feeling of apprehension and I thought how strange Uh I'm looking forward to this I'm excited about this what is this feeling when I opened and looked at the painting she had painted a chief and again Scott had not given her any um, recommendations old or young, male or female, mm-hmm. um, warrior or chief. She had painted a chief. And I said, took the painting out and held it up. My first reaction was, he looks so sad. Mm-hmm. I wanted Scott to know how much I appreciated the painting, and so I didn't mention that whenever I showed it to him as he came home from work. And I said, the painting arrived, and I showed it to him. And he looked at it, and rather flippantly, I said, let's give him a name. What do you think we should call him? And the words came out of his mouth. His name is Silver Eagle. Wow. And I looked at him with puzzlement, and I said, do you think that that's what his name is, or do you think that that's what we should call this painting? And he said, I don't know. That's what, just what came to me. His name is Silver Eagle. Sometime, uh, a few days after that, if you want me to just continue this story, Joe. Yes, yes, please. A few days after that, um, my sister-in-law, by the name of Sarah, arrived at our house. And Sarah, we had learned, had a lot of psychic ability. After we had dinner and visited, I took her into the hypnosis area of the house, and I showed her the painting. Sarah began to channel a message from the chief. And as she began to do that, I picked up a tablet and began to write down the exact words that, that she was channeling. He spoke of his love for the people and the land. He spoke of his daughter, who seemed to be me, who was chosen to be the next chief. Mm-hmm. And he said, and again, I wrote this down exactly as she was saying it. Because I was chief, he said, my woman, my mate, and my beautiful daughter were strung up, bound, hands and feet, drawn and quartered. He blamed himself for the death of his people. And in his words, 
I did not heed my visions. It is my shame to carry through eternity. I will never walk the precious land again. And he asked me to burn the painting. Joe, my mind was reeling. What Mm -hmm. is Sarah doing? I thought, (laughs) is this possible? In channeling the message, she felt she was feeling his grief. Tears were flowing down her face. Before she lost contact, I was trying to find something to ground this experience for me. And so I asked if he could tell me his name. Because I knew that Sarah had just arrived. She did not know the name that Scott had said. And the words came out of her mouth. My name is Silver Eagle. Amazing. Every once in a while, I have to be hit really hard with saying, there is something of reality going on here. And it shook me so much. And I can tell. Go ahead. Let me stop you because I can't believe it, but we're already almost at break. Um, oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm so surprised because I'm enthralled with this, even though I've read about it. And it's very clear that even though um, much of what you're narrating happened many years ago, the emotion of all of that is still with you. It's obvious that it's in your voice. I can feel it myself. Um, and the picture, I, I want to tell my um, listeners that the paintings that Jan is going to be talking about, including the one of uh, the very first one, um, I'm hoping to have on the VA blog, VAPressPass.com, in about a couple of weeks. Um, some of them are, are pretty gruesome, um, so I just want to caution you about that. But they will move you. So I think right now, before we... Uh, start anything else with the narrative. Uh, I think we'll just go to break. This is Dr. Joe Mancini, your host for Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm talking with Janet Cunningham, my esteemed guest, author of A Tribe Return. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you thought that there may be more to your life than you know? Maybe you're puzzled by coincidences that seem to happen out of nowhere. Or possibly you have a sense of deja vu in a place you have never been before. What about those dreams that seem to materialize right before your eyes? Or bring startling, clear images of loved ones who have passed over? These are only a few of the great many topics that you can find much more about by having a hypnotherapeutic session with Dr. Joe Mancini. Dr. Joe is a clinical hypnotherapist certified by many national and international hypnosis organizations specializing in spiritual hypnotherapy. Dr. Joe can help you discover much more of who you really are and why you came here this time around. Joe's clients repeatedly emphasize his vast spiritual knowledge, amazing skills, and great heart. He establishes a safe, caring environment in which individuals feel free to be all that they are. Call Joe at 301-526-2043 or reach him by email at soulserver at errols.com to find out more. That's 301-526-2043 or by email at soul, S-R-V-R, at erols.com. 
visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. To reach Dr. Joe Mancini or his guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to soulserver at erols.com. That's soul, S-R-V-R, at erols, E-R-O-L-S, dot com. Now, back to Explorations in Consciousness. Welcome back, everyone. This is Dr. Joe Mancini hosting Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm talking with my guest, Dr. Janet Cunningham, about her stunning book, A Tribe Return, the story of how 25 or more individuals heal from a gruesome ending to a past life they shared as a Native American tribe. Janet, I'd like you now um, to go... Uh, to that time when you did the intact group past life regression, I think with seven of those women. Yes, was, that's correct. I have it right? Okay. Yes. So yes. tell us how you did that. Yes, and I first want to emphasize that I had done individual past life regressions with women in this group before that time. And so um, they were individual before we knew that they were a part of the group. Right. I've done many regressions to Native American lifetimes that do not involve people who are a part of this tribe. So I do want to emphasize that whenever we went into the group regression, we had a sense of the individuality of each person. Most of the people had had individual regressions. And so... Um, and I think that that's a very important piece of doing a group regression Otherwise, people could be led in with the group without having their sense of being individuals. Right. So as we gathered together, knowing that this was something that we were going to do, I had them sit very comfortably, and they were all accustomed to my voice and my direction, so I played um, music, Native American uh, drumming and chants, and just had them go into their experience of being in the tribe of Silver Eagle. And I always say this words, if in fact you were there. Exactly. Even though we'd had all of these experiences, if in fact you were there. And um, as you indicated, you were not able to go to each one, to speak to each one individually. And certainly you couldn't have with that many people. But... And I don't, I don't recommend that people do this unless they have a real solid sense of being able to do this individually. Because as you well know, the um, talking to each person individually is important in that memories will begin to rise up, sometimes strong emotion. Yes. And you need to be able to handle the situation with each one as an individual. Absolutely. So what I did, Joe, was to, as everyone began to go into their memories, I moved to the person who seemed to be most emotionally connected, and I went to that person first, asking where she was and what was happening. I also directed everyone in the group to listen to what was being said, but to stay within their own experience. 
yes. not to leave their own experience to where that person was who was speaking, but to stay in their experience. So that was the way that I moved, making sure that I touched upon each person in the circle. So going from one person and then going to another and then going to another, and the complete transcript is in my book, A Tribe Return, because it was tape-recorded. And I have to admit, Joe, that even as I was looking at the book, it has been a long time since I did that regression, and I was still quite amazed at the details and the the personal experiences of each person and how it does relate to their lives, which is just stories within stories about this book and and so um, involved and difficult to be able to explain. So in going to each person, we began to find a tribe that was really connected to the land and to great spirit. There was much joy in the tribe. Then they begin to move to a discussion of um, sensing, uh, sensing danger, sensing things happening. Again, keeping each person within their own experiences because they were individual. Not everyone was having exactly the same experience exactly. by any means. Yeah. Um, at a certain point... Delane yelled out, they're coming, and everything in the room changed. The tension increased, and I allowed the tension, I encouraged the, the tension to increase because we needed, the, we needed the memories. We were doing this to release those painful memories. And so within that experience of the... Um, the men coming on horseback and the uh, tension in the room and the memories that were coming up, each person, once again, having his or her, because they were all women at that time, experience. Um, again, going to each one because um, there was one woman who was back at a medicine wheel and she was not experiencing what everyone else was experiencing. For a moment, that was a little confusing, but we needed to know where she was as a male Indian and to find out what was happening. One of the things that did happen, and I caution regression therapists who attempt to do this, is that if you, as the regression therapist, were in that lifetime, it's another whole thing. (laughs) It's another whole warning that I send out. (laughs) And, and because, I, let me interrupt you for okay, a second right because uh, when I was doing uh, my intact group regression, I had a sense that I may have been in that lifetime in the scenes as well, but I deliberately did not pursue that in order to ma- maintain a grounding for everybody Absolutely. else. So I can only imagine how difficult this was for you. Absolutely. Um, and... At a certain point, I very unconsciously asked where Silver Eagle was, and one of the women described him with um, his back to a warrior fighting. And I saw it so clearly and so vividly that I literally had to throw my hand over my mouth to keep a sob from coming mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And 
and I did some very fast talking to myself. I don't think anyone in the room knew what had happened to me, but I did some very fast talking to myself. Saying, Janet, you're leading this regression. You can't lose it now. And um, then continued. We we did go to the complete massacre of the tribe, mm-hmm. and. I was the last to die before the chief. He was literally kept alive to see the last of his people killed. Yes. And I can, I can, again, I can feel that still moving you as it moves me. It does. It does. After all of these years, and I have not even talked about it for a long time, Joe, because there's, you know, a lot of other things that have happened in my life since that time. Right. But you're absolutely right. The, the power of it affects every one of us whenever we begin to discuss our experiences of these memories. Let me um, interject here something that Silver Eagle said to you. Uh, much later, uh, through Delane, who was um, a channeler. And I think okay. it's very relevant here. Uh, Silver Eagle said to you, your training was strong. I trained you to use your mind, he said, as I again remembered myself walking with him. Now you must allow yourself to feel the memories and with the feeling, their creativity floods open. The dam that you have built is so high, so strong as of concrete. A small opening so as to trickle out will not do. The dam must break. And it it seems like, in a sense, the dam is still breaking because the feelings are still coming out. But one of the things that I want to point out to listeners and emphasize is what Silver Eagle said to you that the mind cannot release these memories only getting into the feeling of them, facing them, and letting them flow through you. And you did that for so many people, and then you had to deal do it for yourself, which was even more difficult because you were the one who was seen as the, the grounder, the, the person who was always centered. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. My heavens, as you read that, I I was just shocked to hear those those specific words because yes I, I am a very grounded person and I'm very mentally grounded um, and you are absolutely right and, and that message was certainly right that I did have to reach my emotions with this experience which quite frankly I I avoided from the time that I first learned about the tribe until I actually had my regression it was five years And so that shows you how much I, not only did I avoid it, I didn't have any intentions of doing it. (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) No, I was, I was the regression therapist. You were the regressionist. They were supposed to do their own stuff. Exactly. (laughs) That was your role. But it was, it was so moving how that happened to you. And when you finished the group regression, uh, by taking them out uh, into a peaceful, uh, in a peaceful way, you also um, told them, as I believe, that there were, a lot of integration had to happen. Yes. Uh, and one of the ways you did that was to have some individual uh, regressions with some of these people and also with people who started to come into the group or recognize themselves as group members. 
Yes. And we don't have time to go through all of that, but one of those members was um, Roz, um, otherwise known, uh, and you can say his name, uh, and tell us about how important he was to this process. Yes, after that group regression, we we kind of accepted what had happened. We, we continued with our own particular healing practices. And um, about three years later, a man came to me to do a childhood regression, and his name is Orazio Salati. We called him Roz. That's his nickname. And, um, and Roz first, as I said, came to do a childhood regression, and he brought two friends with him. One was um, a young man who was visiting from Florida, and another was a woman who was uh, a nun and director of religious education in that area. And uh, I felt an immediate rapport with them. So to jump ahead, because I know that we need to do this, um, eventually, Roz after uh, after one regression to a colonial lifetime, he went to um, another lifetime as a Native American, and it was he he was female, and um, showing lifting the baby to great spirit, and turning to the um, elements, and it was very moving. Um, I did not think that it pertained to our tribe, because. She, as that woman, died at an old age. And so it was very powerful for him and helped him to explain um, some things in his life. Um, as I said, it did not appear to be a, a, a part of our tribe, but it was a very healing experience. Um, after that experience, Roz began to rent a studio. He was an art teacher. Um, but he had not painted. He had done um, Native American weaving and uh, pottery and, he, and other things. But he had not painted. After his Native American experience, he rented a studio and began painting his memories. He began painting at that time. We didn't know his, was his memories on huge canvas. And he invited um, Marta, one of the women from our circle, and one of my sons and I, over, and we saw these beautiful paintings. As you said, some of them on the web will be on the website. The first one being just a lovely one of light and color, but there were lines in it. And Roz said, "See these lines? They're teepees. They're going to be in all of this um, this production." And I thought, "Lines, teepees? It looked like." you know, beautiful sky and so forth. And I thought, why would he do that? Eventually, as we continued, and again, I said, this, this book, this story is very, very um, involved. And the details are so important, I think, to understand. But eventually, we learned that Roz was a part of the tribe. And we learned that through his paintings, because he did not, he really did not know what he was painting. He said to me, Janet, I wanted to do something like Jackson Pollock, throw the paint on the, on the canvas. And he said, it feels like this is coming right out of me. Mm-hmm. He began doing the paintings, and the one painting that just jolted me like none other is the painting of Silver Eagle. 
that will be up on the site, I understand, and it shows the pain in the personality and the soul of the chief. It is an amazing painting. I mean, you can't not be moved by it. Oh, I, 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 I simply sat and stared at it, didn't want to look and had to look. And I do want to tell you about the very the last painting he did because he knew, we knew at that point, and I'll explain this in a moment, that, well, I guess I should explain it as I'm going. We learned that Roz had passed over, and at the time of the massacre, he was on the other side trying to pull the souls over because mm-hmm. there was such chaos in the massacre. And so in that, and I might say that whenever Roz was having his uh, Native American regression in which he remembered that he was uh, a woman holding a baby, I asked him if he could tell me his Indian name, and he said in puzzlement, Angel? And he said, that doesn't sound like a Native American name to me. Well, as I said, we eventually learned that he was on the other side. He had passed over and was trying to pull the souls over to the other side. And one of those paintings shows this beautiful, beautiful angelic image of someone, a being that is trying to pull the souls over. When Roz began, he knew that he had to paint the last one, that of the massacre, and he kept avoiding it. Um, It took him two and a half months to do the first two paintings that he did, and the last painting of what is a four-panel series took eight and a half months, and it was a struggle every step of the way. He was having such a difficult time that he called me up and asked me for assistance. I went to his studio. I put him into an altered state of consciousness. He asked for some pencils, and I reached around and picked up some things and put them in both of his hands. He went up to the canvas, closed his eyes, reached up, and began drawing his memories with his eyes closed. It was incredible for me to watch. Eventually, he continued the process, and it is that horrendous painting that is called The Massacre. Right, and and it is unlike the others which are more abstract expressionism, this one is much more realistic. So I just want to caution my listeners when it's up on that um, VA blog to be uh, just to know that it's pretty realistic. We're going to have to take a break right now. Unfortunately, time is going by very fast uh, during this episode. It is. It is. Uh, this, This is Dr. Joe Mancini hosting Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe, and I'm talking with Dr. Janet Cunningham, author of the stunning A Tribe Return. We'll be right back. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you thought that there may be more to your life than you know? Maybe you're puzzled by coincidences that seem to happen out of nowhere. Or possibly you have a sense of deja vu in a place you have never been before. 
What about those dreams that seem to materialize right before your eyes? or bring startling, clear images of loved ones who have passed over. These are only a few of the great many topics that you can find much more about by having a hypnotherapeutic session with Dr. Joe Mancini. Dr. Joe is a clinical hypnotherapist certified by many national and international hypnosis organizations specializing in spiritual hypnotherapy. Dr. Joe can help you discover much more of who you really are and why you came here this time around. Joe's clients repeatedly emphasize his vast spiritual knowledge, amazing skills, and great heart. He establishes a safe, caring environment in which individuals feel free to be all that they are. Call Joe at 301-526-2043 or reach him by email at soulserver at erals.com to find out more. That's 301-526-2043 or by email at soul, S-R-V-R, at E-R-O-L-S dot com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. To reach Dr. Joe Mancini or his guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to soulserver at erals.com. That's soul, S-R-V-R, at erals, E-R-O-L-S, dot com. Now, back to Explorations in Consciousness. Welcome back, everyone. This is Dr. Joe Mancini hosting Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm talking with my guest, Dr. Janet Cunningham, about her incredible book, A Tribe Return, the story of how 25 individuals healed from a gruesome ending to a past life they shared as a Native American tribe. So, Janet, after uh, or actually during the time that Roz was doing these unbelievable paintings um, and was, in a sense, purging his memories in another medium other than talking, um, other people started coming in, friends of clients, friends of friends, friends of family. They found their way to you. And what I found particularly interesting was that I, I believe the number was four individuals who had been uh, who who are incarnations of the so, some of the soldiers in that past life, they came to you as well? Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, I was told that before the end of my life in this lifetime that I will meet most of the people who are um, from the tribe who are incarnated. And so in a variety of ways, as you described, that's how it began to happen. I will mention one of the uh, people that we recognized was a soldier, and this man came to me as a client, and we worked on some issues that he had, and um, whenever locally a few of us were invited to give a speech and uh, about the tribe, he attended that um, function. 
um, I was surprised that he was there because he had not had, we were working with current childhood issues. He, we had not had any discussion about the tribe, but he uh, came to attend that. And as we told the story, and there were about four or five of us doing that, this man just broke down in tears. And at the end of it, whenever we offered questions um, and answer a session, uh, the men said, I believe that I was one of the soldiers. It shocked everyone in the room and was so courageous on his part. And it was a wonderful healing experience for this man who had a, has had a rather tough life, including some issues with drugs and um, some childhood things that he was recuperating from and doing very well, I would say. So the issue of those that were the perpetrators, those that um, took, remembered that part of their experience as the soldier, I think is especially um, painful to the soul in the current lifetime. So um, I think that whenever we work with people, we need to work with all sides, those that were the victims and those that were the perpetrators, because it is my view that we've all been on all sides of those experiences in order to learn and to experience a higher evolutionary understanding of what love is, a higher view of love. I, I can't agree with you more about um, the notion that we, we really do play all roles over a series of incarnations. And playing all those roles and becoming aware of doing so, I think, really creates um, compassion. I want to read um, a couple of sections uh, from your book that uh, a relative, or, I'm sorry, relevant here. And this is what you wrote. I thought of the few people who I knew had been soldiers in that lifetime. Several had created a hell for themselves in their current life. Is that how it works, I wondered. The punishment is no longer necessary. Let's stop the persecution, the self-blame, the self-punishment. Soldiers, Indians, blacks, women, homosexuals, Christians, Jews, stop creating hell and start creating heaven. That, that's a very uh, powerful passage. Hmm. And uh, I think it's really a call um, for all of us to recognize, again, that uh, we're not different from those that we dislike because we have played those roles ourselves. How true. Uh, and let me, uh, one other passage that I, I want to read at this moment. Um, you said, it seems, I continued, that there is an underlying similarity among all of us in the tribe. And by this time, you had met and worked with, I think, at least 20 people. Mm -hmm. But I am aware of some factors that characterize each of us. Issues of power versus powerlessness and power versus love. And I, then this really wonderful sentence. Each of us is moving from feelings of powerlessness 
to power in love. Could you say more about that? Because mm, I think yes. that's really at the essence of the, the process of healing in that tribe. Yes, and um, many of us feel as if we returned together in order to bring about this healing, that together we were able to help each other through it. Because even though we had different experiences, some, some of them had a great deal of anger inside of them. Some of the people did not have anger, but they had great grief. But for all of us, and I would say if you had to self-blame, even though they were not blamed, they could not have been responsible, but they did have self-blame. And for all of us, there was that feeling of powerlessness. And so in a variety of different ways, that was showing up in our lives. Um, I began my business in a traditional line of acceptance. I did not speak about past lives. I did not speak about reincarnation in, <laughs> in um, public. I did not advertise that I did past lives. Mm-hmm. And my, I was thinking that it was my... Um, Consciously, it made sense. It was keeping my business in a more traditional line of acceptance. And it wasn't until this experience that I fully understood that I could not stand up in front of people and say, I was going to be the next chief of a Native American tribe. I could not see myself doing that. And then I realized it really did come from this experience that I, these were the words, did not want to be attacked again. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you know me, Joe, you know that I've kept my business in a tradition, rather conservative manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes from this past life experience, and perhaps others as well, but the focus on this one in particular. So many of us, in a variety of different ways, have tried to move from that experience of powerlessness to gain more power in whatever way that means in our lives for each of us. And I, I just want to uh, build on something you said. Um, a lot of the clients who've come to me in the last two, three years have been what I call light workers, people who um, want to uh, reach the light, help others reach the light yes. of, of understanding. And well over half of them are not doing their mission, and they know it. And most of the time, when we do regressions to find out why, it's very similar to, the the regression's very similar to what happened to you and um, your fellow tribe members, that there was a kind of persecution. Um, uh, Your tribe... Uh, had lived in great peace and uh, and connection to the great spirit and to the land. And the soldiers came to disrupt that. Um, And that sense of persecution carries into this life, as you said, but also into the lives of other people who had nothing to do with that tribe, but had a lot to do with um, other scenes of persecution. Yeah. So I, I, I want to say to a lot of the light workers today that it's really important that you, um, you, you find your way to express your mission. We are almost done today, unfortunately, 
But Janet, I would like you to uh, read a passage I, I asked you to read uh, during break. Yes. I'm, I think it's on page 204. I will, and I haven't looked at this for, for a very long time. Okay. And this, um, I, I believe, was during my regression, if I'm not mistaken. I was speaking of the teachings of Silver Eagle. Right. The spirit of every person lives within their heart, and the spirit must be nurtured, supported, loved, and cared for, and must be freed. The spirit within each one of us comes into the body to express itself, and it is important that the chief contribute to helping the person express this spirit. So the chief must be able to see into the person, and the chief must be able to feel what that person feels. In doing so, the chief can contribute to the unfolding of the spirit. In the process of becoming attuned to the spirit, one moves to the heart. To see moves the heart to feel, moves the heart to know. I'm going to ask you, I have unfortunately had to stop you there. That is such a moving passage that I was brought to tears this morning when I read it. And I want to say that I think, and you may agree with me, that what is being said here could also be applied to the person who, who does regressions to past lives. Absolutely. Uh, Greg McHugh, uh, who introduced me to you, said a couple of weeks ago that uh, this is sacred work. Yes. And so that's what we as regressionists have to do. We have to look into the heart of the person and help that person to move and to grow. Well, unfortunately, we're coming to a close for today. I want to thank you very much, Janet, for this simply amazing account of a deeply profound feeling for 25 individuals who had a common past life with a dreadful ending. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Joe. I want to announce to my listeners that at some time in the near future, as I said earlier, VAPressPass.com will publish my blog post that features the key paintings of Raz that chronicle this breathtaking journey of horror, extreme pain, and profound healing. I'd like you to tune in next week when I will be interviewing Tim Simmerman Sierra, certified clinical hypnotherapist who is author of Medical Hypnotherapy, Principles and Methods of Practice, and he's the lead instructor at the Hypnotherapy Academy of America in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He'll be talking with me about the hypnotic modality called natal regression, which is not taught in many hypnosis schools and which helps the client discover many aspects of his or her birth experience not previously previously known. The process can also help the client discover aspects of his or her contract for the current lifetime. This is Dr. Joe Mancini, your host for Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. May you all open to the peace of all that is in every moment of your lives. Thank you so much for listening and a hearty good day to all of you. Thank you for tuning in to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Please join us again next Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We'll offer another enlightening program next week.